Hello, and welcome back to Catch Up with JC. I am your host, JC. This is episode number three, where we will be talking about my top 10 comedy movies of all time. A um, little bit of a preface. These are just my personal top 10 comedy movies, and I'm completely open to you guys telling me which ones are your favorites. So go ahead and leave a message or just send me something on Facebook. Just let me know what your favorites are. All right, let's get right in. So number one is Monty Python's Life of Brian, which was released in 1979. And the little information about it is the story of Brian of Nazareth, born on the same day as Jesus of Nazareth, who takes a different path in life that leads to the same conclusion. Brian joins a political resistance movement aiming to get the Romans out of Judea. Brian scores a victory of sorts when he manages to paint political slogans on an entire wall in the city of Jerusalem. The movement is not very effective, but somehow Brian becomes a prophet and gathers his own following. His fate is sealed, however, and he lives a very short life. I I like this movie a lot, to be honest. It's just one of the perfect examples of Monty Python's humor and how it can start off with a story that's like really small and kind of just like if someone had told you it was a story of a dude who was born on the same night as Jesus, you'd be interested, but you wouldn't be into it as much as watching it and seeing all of these hilarious little people and stories that build up until the very end. And it's just beautifully done. And the reason I chose Life of Brian over Holy Grail is because I feel like Holy Grail is a little bit too well known. Like when people think Monty Python, they almost instantly think of Holy Grail, but not a lot of people think of Life of Brian. And it's kind of sad because Life of Brian is really funny. And <laughs> I just wish more people thought of that or uh, the meaning of life over the Holy Grail because not knocking Holy Grail, it's a great movie, but it is overplayed in my opinion. Like a lot of people I know can easily quote Holy Grail, but not a lot of people can quote Life of Brian or The Meaning of Life. But, eh, that's me. <laughs> um, my favorite scene from Life of Brian is when they're doing a stoning and the Roman guard says that no women can be present for the stoning. And the crowd, with obviously fake beards, starts to say in really high-pitched voices, there's no women here, and then they change their voices so that they're really deep and say, oh, well, there's no women here. And it's just so funny to think that they took an idea that is something that the women could have been killed for and turned it into something hilarious by giving them beards. <laughs> so... There we go. My number one choice is Monty Python's Life of Brian. My second movie is a rather new one, and I really enjoyed it, not gonna lie. Um, second choice is Game Night, which was released in 2018. And the little information about it is Max and Annie's weekly game night gets kicked up a notch when Max's brother Brooks arranges a murder mystery party, complete with fake thugs and federal agents. 
So when Brooks gets kidnapped, it's all supposed to be part of the game. As the competitors set out to solve the case, they start to learn that neither the game nor Brooks are what they seem to be. The friends soon find themselves in over their heads as each twist leads to another unexpected turn over the course of one chaotic night. I really enjoyed this movie because it has a lot of different forms of humor. It has the overall story of just something hilarious. It also has the kind of a Ferris Bueller's Day Off kind of feel to it where it starts off with something really simple as a game night with friends and your brother coming to join for one night and then blowing up into like gangs and stealing from the rich and running and getting shot and all this crazy stuff, but it still works really well. Um, Another part that I really like is the characters themselves. The group that they have for the friends is just a perfect mix of all these different kinds of people, and it works really well because they all can get through the game and can all kind of figure out what's happening and have fun with it, even when their life's in danger, and they're just like, they're great. I would say that... My favorite scene from this movie is really when Annie and Max are in a bar, and it's like a gang bar, so there's like three, four guys in there who are all um, a part of this gang who kidnapped Brooks, and they have Brooks in the back room, and Annie gets a hold of a gun, and she thinks it's a toy gun because in her mind and in Max's mind, this isn't real. This is a part of the murder mystery. And (laughs) she is playing around going, oh, is this a real gun? And she fires the gun and she accidentally shoots her husband in the arm. And the best part is that Max doesn't react immediately. He just kind of looks down and goes, you shot me. (laughs) And oh, it's so funny. But Right afterwards, they have to figure out a way to get the bullet out. So they go to a gas station and they try to look for like hard liquor to like sterilize things and something to bite down on and a knife and sewing kit. And Annie ends up getting wine, a good rosé, as she says, and a dog chew toy, sorry, chew toy for Max to bite down on and It's just so funny. He's squeaking in pain, and they're using wine, and oh, great movie. It's also a really good movie to just kind of have fun with and enjoy with your family. Definitely not something for, like, younger audiences, but I watched it with my parents, and it was a lot of fun. There was something in there for really everybody who has a different form of humor, and It's just a great movie. I definitely recommend it. Okay, there you go. Second was Game Night. Number three is a movie that I really enjoyed when I was a kid because you can just enjoy the story. I didn't really understand most of the jokes at the time, but since growing up, I can understand them a little bit better and they're still just hilarious. So, 
Number three is Spies Like Us, released in 1985. And little information about it is, looking for a way out of their mundane government jobs, Austin Milbarge and Emmett Fitzhume take the entrance exam for a CIA espionage program. Immediately chosen to take part in a top-secret mission in the Middle East by the officious General Sline, the new recruits are set upon by Soviet forces in Afghanistan. Soon it becomes clear that the hapless pair are being used as decoys to expose the Russians for a Cold War nuclear shutdown. I really love this movie because it has two really great actors from the time, and that would be Dan Aykroyd and Chevy Chase. And putting two really interesting characters in a movie like this, where it could be very James Bond-like if you're not careful, and it could also be just insanely dumb. So you kind of have to find that sweet spot between funny and adventurous, and I love that they do it so well. I would say that the reason this movie worked out to be really good is that they didn't do like a long, humorous, kind of Monty Python, kind of slapstick humor kind of thing. They did a lot of just each scene had a little bit of a story and a little bit of a joke in each like segment, and it worked really well. Like, for example, the most quotable scene from this movie, I would think, would be the Dr. Doctor scene. When Dan Aykroyd and Chevy Chase's characters uh, arrive in a tent and they have to introduce themselves to a group of other doctors. So they claim to be doctors themselves. So they start shaking hands, saying doctor, 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 doctor. And then they get to the female, very attractive doctor and they go, doctor doctor and like they're trying to get her attention and flirt with her and it's just a very silly but perfect scene because all the other doctors besides one I think are like middle-aged balding men who are just doctors because they work in the fields and things like they are I think mostly they work with um museums and a bit like Indiana Jones but not as not as cute, <laughs> but it was just perfectly placed and it worked out beautifully. Um, well, that also happens to be my favorite scene besides the one scene when um, Austin Milbarge and Emmett Fitzhume are dressed up in women's fur coats and hats in Russia trying to climb this mountain and they just look hilariously stupid, but that's the point point is to make them look silly, but it works beautifully. Oh, I'm saying that quite a lot, but it really does. It works out just great, and it really plays to the humor of their characters. But there you go, number three, Spies Like Us. If you haven't seen it, you should. It is a great movie. I actually haven't seen it in a while, but... So I can't really tell you if there's anything that you should watch out for, but it's really great. Definitely recommend it. All right. 
Next up is number four with Hot Fuzz, which was released in 2007. And the little information about that is, as a former London constable, Nicholas Angel, played by Simon Pegg, finds it difficult to adapt to his new assignment in the sleepy British village of Sanford. Not only does he miss the excitement of the big city, but he also has a well-meaning oaf, played by Nick Frost, for a partner. However, when a series of grisly accidents rocks Sanford, Nick smells something rotten in the idyllic village. I really like this movie because it's less of a, like, every few scenes you'll get a joke kind of comedy and more of a, it leads up to a big moment comedy. Like, most of the movie you're just waiting around for the big something to happen like the climax of the story to finally just happen and you're like oh my gosh this is it but it works so well because the characters keep it going and just this nagging feeling the first time you watch it that something is wrong it can't be the perfect village and then you finally get to the climax and you're like oh my gosh this is it and you're just amazed at what's happening um, I would say, a little bit of a warning, the scenes where people die can be pretty violent. Um, my knowledge is there's about four of them, and there's quite a few bad ones, so watch out for that. But um, my favorite scene would be when, oh, I would say when Angel finds out that it's his partner's birthday and he goes to buy him a peace lily, which earlier in the movie, you find out that that's actually really important to him because he bought a peace lily for his ex-girlfriend and then his ex-girlfriend was like, that's not enough. I need more from you. But he thought it was like the ultimate show of love. So there we go. Number four, Hot Fuzz. Number five on my list is another more recent movie, and it's called Tag, which was released in 2018, and the little information about it is, uh, one month every year, five highly competitive friends hit the ground running for a no-holds-barred game of Tag, risking their necks, their jobs, and their relationships to take another one down. This time, the game coincides with the wedding of the only undefeated player. What should be an easy target soon becomes an all-out war as he knows they're coming to get him. I really like this movie because it's a really funny story about like five friends that grow up and go in completely different paths, but they still stay friends because of this game. And it reminds me of my friends because I feel like even though we've not really gone off in different paths as adults, we've really gone off as different paths as people. Because, like, myself, I've gone to school in the South. My boyfriend is going to school for science. My best friend is in Boston for music. My other best friend's working, and he's doing a great job. Way to go, Stefano. And then my other best friend is at school, and I think he's going to be a become a police officer or something in criminal justice. But we've all stayed together because we all have that friendship. And I really feel like this movie is very relatable in that way. Um, it's a very funny movie. They have 
pretty much any form of humor. They have the slapstick with all the scenes involving action, and they have the verbal humor that kind of just builds to something with the slower scenes. And you can get anything from like a giggle to a full-on laugh fest, and it's just awesome. My favorite scene is when three of the friends are chasing after the undefeated player and they're on this golf cart and they end up crashing the golf cart in like a little foresty area of the course. And the undefeated player does like this psychological warfare because it's like a misty area, it's overcast and it's dark, but he um, starts playing a song that echoes throughout the forest And he has all these different people dressed up like him so that the three players can't figure out which one he is. And then he has like booby traps set up all over the forest. So when one of them thinks he's found him, he chases after him and he gets up, he ends up like getting hit with a log that's swinging and gets thrown into a creek. Uh, Another one gets like thrown into the sky with a net, kind of like a bear net. And then the third one just kind of ends up in an anxiety attack because one of the characters that was just dressed up like the undefeated player just screams random things at him and he just kind of (laughs) collapses. And it's just funny to think that that would work. And it does. So this character that's undefeated really knows the others well enough to go, I know how to defeat them. And I know how to get at their spots. And it is just a great movie. Um, definitely recommend it if you haven't seen it. I know I'm going to say that a lot. But it is a very funny movie. And it ends in a very heartwarming way. So go out. Go see it. Rent it. Do what you need to do. But you got to see it. Number six. This is a movie that I've known pretty much my entire life. And it's just iconic. It really is. And there's a reason that there's a whole series that came after this one movie. And this movie is National Lampoon's Vacation. (coughs) Excuse me. And it was released in 1983. And the little information about it is, accompanied by their children, Clark Griswold and his wife Ellen are driving from Illinois to California's amusement park. As Clark increasingly fixates on a beautiful woman driving a sports car, the Griswolds deal with the car problems and the death of a family member. They reach L.A., but when Clark worries that the trip is being derailed again, he acts impulsively and gets his family to the park. That I feel like these little kind of rundowns of what the movies are are really just as generic as you can get with the story because there's so much more that happens in this movie and it's just crazy and I understand that they're doing that so that what all these extra twists and turns show up in the movie that you're surprised and you're happy but it's just kind of crazy to see that and think of the movie and all the crazy stuff and just look at it and go huh that's that's really generic but okay (laughs) but I really like this movie because it's just a hilarious kind of rendition of when you go on a family vacation, anything can go wrong. And if it does, you kind of have to just keep powering through it. And Clark Griswold is the perfect example of if anything could go wrong, it will. And 
I just love that he's really just going to keep going, no matter what. And Ellen's just kind of like Jiminy Cricket in the background going, you probably shouldn't do this. Sparky, we should probably just go home. And his kids are the perfect example of what a kid would do. They're like, Dad, can we please just go home and things like that. And by the end, you're just feeling bad for Clark. And you're feeling bad for everybody in the family because you're just like, Clark's gone insane. He's lost his marbles. But I would, I'm going to ruin the climax of the story a little bit. My favorite scene is when they finally get to Wally World, which is the amusement park in California, and they find out it's closed. And Clark just loses it. He just goes completely insane. He kidnaps the security guard, and he forces the security guard to let them in. And he makes the security guard ride the rides with them so that he can't run away. And I just think that's hilarious because in any other kind of movie, it really wouldn't work because they would just get the police officers and everybody on him real quick. And they would never even make it to like the big parts of the rides. And it works really well for this movie. So sorry to ruin the climax if you haven't ever seen it, but it's one of my favorites. And I feel like a lot of people know National Lampoon for their Christmas vacation because that's kind of become a staple of like Christmas time is just watching Clark Griswold light up his house that can be seen from space. <laughs> but this is the movie that started it all and it's a great one. So go out and see it if you haven't. Next on our list is number seven. This movie is. Not really, I think, like, super well-known, but it's known with people that I know. <laughs> um, next up is The Mask, released in 1994. And little information about it is, When timid bank clerk Stanley Ipkiss, played by Jim Carrey, discovers a magical mask containing the spirit of the Norse god Loki, his entire life changes. While wearing the mask, Ipkiss becomes a supernatural playboy, exuding charm and confidence, which allows him to catch the eye of a local nightclub singer, Tina Carlisle, played by Cameron Diaz. Unfortunately, under the mask's influence, Ipkiss also robs a bank, which angers the junior crime lord, Dorian Tyrell, played by Peter Green, whose goons get blamed for the heist. Once again, this is a very kind of vague description of the movie there's a lot more that happens but I really like this movie because it's silly and the story is just kind of out there but the music and the actors just really make it work like the music kind of has a bluesy jazz feel and it kind of goes really well with the humor and just how they play the story out and I would say like one great sign for a movie is if the quotes are still usable like 25 years later. For example, if someone says smoking, most people know it's from the mask, which is just great. Mm, my favorite scene is when the mask is running from the police and starts a whole Macarena scene, and the police completely forget that they're trying to arrest him and just join in on the Samba line. And I think it's hilarious that there's just two prostitutes that join in on the song and get in on the Samba line and the police are just like, ah, this is good. This is normal. We're having fun. And that's just really funny to me. But 
There you go, number seven, the mask. Next up is our eighth movie out of ten, and this is a movie that I've really enjoyed pretty much my entire life because it's just hilarious, and that movie is Airplane, which was released in 1980, and the little information about it is... This spoof comedy takes shots at the slew of disaster movies that were released in the 70s. When the passengers and the crew of a jet are incapacitated due to food poisoning, a rogue pilot with a drinking problem must cooperate with his ex-girlfriend turned stewardess to bring the plane to a safe landing. I love this movie because it's a feel-good movie and there's so many quotable things to say about it. Like the, surely you must be kidding. I'm not. And don't call me Shirley. And just so many great scenes and it just keeps the laughs rolling. And that's just a movie that you just can't watch and not enjoy. It's just, I love it. And if you've never seen it, you are missing out. It is hilarious and you need to go see it. Like, if you can't find it somewhere on streaming, it is worth the money to buy. It really is. Okie dokie. So, number eight, Airplane. Number nine is another really great movie. And I'm going to say that forever and always about movies like this. But number nine is Young Frankenstein, which was released in 1974. And the little information about that is respected medical lecturer Dr. Friedrich Frankenstein, played by Gene Wilder, learns that he has inherited his infamous grandfather's estate in Transylvania. Arriving at the castle, Dr. Frankenstein, who he likes to be called Frankenstein in the beginning, soon begins to recreate his grandfather's experiments with the help of servants Igor, played by Marty Feldman, Inga, played by Terry Garr, and the fearsome Frau Blucher played by Cloris Leachman. After he creates his own monster, played by Peter Boyle, new complications ensue with the arrival of the doctor's fiancée, Elizabeth, played by Madeline Kahn. This is one of those movies that, even though it's in black and white, I feel like the story just wraps you up that you won't even notice that it's in black and white. It's just so colorful in the story and the characters and the jokes and it's just so great. Uh, my favorite scene personally is when um, Dr. Frankenstein is giving a lecture and he is telling this kid that keeps asking him questions that his name is Frankenstein and he gets so frustrated to the point that he actually forgets he has a scalpel in his hand and he like drives it into his leg and he's just not reacting at all that there's a scalpel in his leg and he just goes okay class is dismissed and that's just hilarious to me and it's a great movie lots of really funny scenes and I think one of the most iconic things to come from this movie is whenever Flau Blucher's name is said, there's horse neighs and lightning flashes in the background, and it's just super funny because that's something that would happen in the original Frankenstein movie. And it's just a great movie. Love it to death. Gene Wilder, as always, great actor. So there you go. Number nine, Young Frankenstein. 
All right. We have made it to the end of the list. Number 10, Ghostbusters. This was released in 1984, and the little information about the movie is, after the members of a team of scientists, played by Harold Ramis, Dan Aykroyd, and Bill Murray, lose their cushy positions at a university in New York City, they decide to become Ghostbusters to wage a high-tech battle with the supernatural for money. They stumble upon a gateway to another dimension, a doorway that will release evil upon the city. The Ghostbusters must now save New York from complete destruction. I really like this movie because it's, again, one of those movies that isn't, like, every scene has a joke, but it is overall very funny. They do have some great jokes and some funny stories and just silly moments that just make it awesome. And I would have to say my favorite scene is when, excuse me, the doorway is opened to the other dimension and the god says, choose your defeat. And (laughs) Dan Aykroyd's character says, oh no. And everyone else starts freaking out going, what did you think of? What did you think of? And then suddenly you just see a giant marshmallow man turned the corner of these huge skyscrapers in New York. And first he looks very sweet and very kind of like a marshmallow man would. And then he gets like angry and he starts knocking down buildings and kicking cars and he's coming for them. And all he can say is, I kept thinking of the most non-threatening thing in the world. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. And it's just great scene. No one could have thought of that, but they did. So there we go. Those are my top 10 comedy movies of all time. Next week, we will be talking about my favorite romantic songs for good old Valentine's Day. So tune in next time. This is Catch Up with JC and I am JC. Catch you on the flip side.